Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... We're more likely to believe an important local businessman than a foul-mouthed jerk from out of town. Foul-mouthed. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you said, imagine polls don't exist, show me the evidence Hillary is winning. What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, August 12, 2016, Don't Panic edition of the show, where we talk about why Donald Trump is not going to win this election. You can relax and stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is proud to announce a returning sponsor, Reality Check. Reality Check, a simple service that sends a sixth grade science teacher, Dolores Kruthheimer, to the homes of people who believe in things proven wrong, where she whacks them with a ruler. Dolores is a retired teacher from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and she's irrefutably proven the truth of such things as climate change, evolution, the efficacy of vaccines, and how this earth simply cannot be 6,000 years old. Dolores is tired of your shit, and she's not going to take it anymore. Do not make Dolores come to your house. Reality Check, a dose of reality just the way you learned it in school, by an angry, elderly, overweight white woman bearing a ruler. Use the promo code hashtag unskewedpolls at checkout and get an additional whack from Dolores. Uh, I don't know whether you know this or not, but you only have your fucking casino because I made that possible. I'm what counts out here. Not your fucking country clubs or your fucking TV shows. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went batshit. I'm only on TV because I got to be able to hang around a casino. You understand that. You're you know that. Come on. You could have had the food and beverage job without going on television. You wanted to go on TV. Yeah, I did want to go on TV. That way I have a form. I can fight back. I'm known. People see me. They know they can't fuck around me like they could if I was an unknown. That's right. You're yeah. making a big fucking spectacle of yourself. Me? I wouldn't even be in this situation if it wasn't for you. You brought down so much fucking heat on me. I mean, every time I meet somebody, the big question is, do I know you? Get ready to match the derp and play America's favorite game show, What Crazy Shit Did Trump Say This Week? With your host, Dave Bledsoe. Now, the crazy shit. If she gets to pick her judges, nothing you can do, folks. Mr. Trump said as the crowd began to hiss and boo. He quickly added, although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is. I don't know. Holy Jesus. I am so getting a lot out of that drop lately. I could spend this entire show picking this apart, but I just don't have it in me to do another week ranting about Trump's mouth diarrhea, so let me just quickly put this in perspective for you. I'm moderately certain that Trump did not say what he said thinking about someone actually trying to kill Hillary. It was a joke, not a funny one, but still a joke. But words, you see, have consequences. My parents taught me that, and apparently I had to teach them that this week. The more people who hear your words, the bigger those consequences can be. If I, a low-rated podcast host, said something like this, it would be bad. Perhaps bad enough that maybe even the Secret Service would come and visit me. 
only to find that I'm a sad, drunk, angry little man sitting alone in a dark apartment and leave me be because they know that the two dozen of you who heard my words aren't an actual threat. When you're a candidate for president of the United States with literally millions of people listening to you, you cannot say the things he said. When you also say the system is rigged and suggest Second Amendment solutions, you are playing with fire in a gunpowder factory. When your followers are made up of mouth-breathing, heavily-armed dipshits fed a toxic sludge of dystopian fantasy in a conservative echo chamber, you're playing with a flamethrower in a dynamite factory. Doesn't matter what he meant, it matters what he said and who heard it. The consequences of this kind of idiocy could be tragic. The best case scenario that we can hope for out of this dumb, dumb thing is it proves him unable to think about what he actually says before he says it and realize that's not a quality anyone wants in a president. Oh, and I guess he called the president a Muslim again. Just a, just a reputation of a meme. Low energy, really. Sad exclamation point. But this is not what I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about something will make all of us happy. It's a bright, uplifting idea to see us through the long darkness between now and Election Day. Trump is going to lose. No way. Yes way, Ted! I want to talk about this because I was out having a drink with a friend of mine, a brilliant mind, really, and vehemently anti-Trump, but she was certain Trump was going to win. And I'm here tonight to tell you what I told her. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Now, before I get started, I want to say that I'm just some drunk dude with a podcast. I'm not a prognosticator, not a pundit, not a political analyst or any of these other sort of things. So take what I say with a grain of salt and... Don't get cocky! Some really strange shit could happen between now and election day. It could be a major terrorist incident, an economic meltdown, or we could find out that every conspiracy theory we've ever heard about Hillary is actually true. Dude, what they did to Vince Foster was just wrong. This could happen, but with just 87 days to go before the election, this probably isn't going to happen. We should spend every moment between now and then acting as though it were and consistently try to make sure it doesn't happen. But let's talk about the facts. These are the facts of the case, and they are undisputed. As of this morning, my bellwether guide to in this election, 538.com, showed Hillary Clinton and their polls plus models the most conservative of their models with a rounded 75% chance to win in November. The upshot by the New York Times shows Hillary with an 87% chance of winning in November. Sloppy Joe, the midday bartender at my at my favorite drinking hole, gives Hillary an 81% chance of winning in November, adjusted for what Ronald, a guy he knows, drank first on New Year's Day in the election year. His model is a bit complex and partially based on voodoo, but his track record is fucking stunning. Now, a lot of people out there, a lot of people who have an R in front of their name and listen to Rush Limbaugh, poo-poo the polls. A lot of people say the polls are biased. A lot of people say the media intentionally misleads people with the polls to prop up their preferred candidate. Some people are really fucking stupid. Polls are like anything else in the world. Some are good, some are bad, 
Some are laughably ridiculous, like when the Public Policy Institute asked Trump supporters if they would be in favor of bombing the city in Disney's Aladdin. They were, by the way. If you want to get useful information out of polls, you have to take them all in, weigh the historical accuracy, account by their account for their biases, and then make a logical deduction based on the sum of this information. Now, many of you would say, Ain't nobody got time for that! And you would be correct. You know who does have time for that? The people at 538 in the New York Times. You might remember Nate Silver at 538 who correctly called the 2008 and 2012 national elections, getting 49 out of 50 states right in 2012. That's pretty fucking special. They aren't perfect. Nate fully admits he dropped the ball on Trump. He had all the polling results, but he, like the rest of us, simply could not believe that America would be so stupid as to elect a tangerine skin tag as to be the Republican nominee. So you have to take the polls for what they are, a barometer measuring the intent of the American people. And right now, more than 51% of the American people would rather French kiss a spark in electric socket than cast a vote for Donald J. Trump. The polls also show that Donald is not liked. That's a bold statement. The real clear politics average show him with a 60.9 unfavorable rating, which is just, well huge. I mean, Hillary's ratings are crap as well. Her unfavorable is about 53.3, which crush, would crush her in any normal year. But Trump? More people would rather hang out with Nickelback than Donald J. Trump. That's right. More Americans would rather spend time with a band who recorded this. I like your pants around your feet And I like the dirt that's on your than the Republican nominee for president. You cannot be elected if people prefer the band that wrote the lyrics, look at this photograph every time I do, it makes me laugh, to you. Look, unpopular people get elected all the time. I mean, Hillary's about to be elected. But there's something special about Trump that virtually guarantees he will not be elected. And that special thing is the women's. Women are the worst. Well, they are if you're Donald Trump, because women hate him. For women, he's like every sleazy dude who ever oozed onto a bar stool next to them when they just wanted to sit and finish a glass of wine in fucking peace. Trump is the hand there, pretty sure just grabbed their ass on the subway. He's every unibrow dipshit in a backwards baseball cap and a pop polo collar who tells them to smile when they're walking down the street. He's every boss that spent the entire presentation staring at their cleavage and never hearing a word they said. Trump, to women, is a guy on a crosstown bus pathetically jerking his tiny putt, which isn't even hard, or if it is, it's the saddest thing they've ever seen. Huh, kind of looks like a penis, but only smaller. Women compose 53% of the electorate in this country. You kind of need them on their side if you want to be elected to anything. As of late July, 72% of Republican women, those sad, sad people, said they would vote for Trump. This compared to Romney in 2012 when it was 93% of Republican women. You might remember Mitt and his binders full of women. Well, Trump has something full of women, and apparently it's a room where they all gather to tell him what an insufferable prick he is. It was really hard to find a candidate in history who was so hated by women. 
Maybe Woodrow Wilson, who felt that all these nagged women for their stupid vote had blood coming from out of their wherever. And you simply cannot be elected president of the United States if women think of you the same way they regard an ex who tried to bang their sister on the night before their wedding. It should also come as no surprise that Latinos are not thrilled with the GOP's audible elevator fart. Folks of Mexican descent haven't hated anybody this much since Cortez. And since most of the GOP thinks anyone with brown skin and a Latin-sounding surname is Mexican... I don't get it. Tacos? They think I'm Mexican. You're not Mexican? So the animosity is pretty much spread all over the Latino community. Though, to be fair... Republicans still think better about them than they do about anybody with a vaguely Arabic-sounding last name or who happens to wear a turban. Trump's wall talk is like sitting in the bleachers at Fenway wearing a Yankees jersey and consistently shouting, Ramirez isn't worth the sweat that drips off A-Rod's balls because eventually someone is going to bash your skull in with an old man's cane. Probably the old man who uses it. You cannot get elected president if you keep comparing the fastest-growing electoral demographic to the sweat from A-Rod's balls. And recent polling among African Americans... Yeah, don't bother. I didn't write anything. Yeah, it's somehow worse than what it is amongst Latinos. None of this takes into account that neither Trump nor anyone in his campaign seems to have the faintest fucking clue about how to run for president. Because apparently in Donald's brain... This is a scary place. There's no need to have people in the battleground states doing things like convincing other people to actually go out and vote for him. According to internal campaign documents, many of which were written on toilet paper because that's how shitty this campaign is, <laughs> the Trump campaign's whole strategy is targeting people who, and I want to be clear so there's no mistake... Don't vote. But that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it's no secret that most Americans don't vote. Shit, it took the end of the fucking universe to get me out for a primary vote. Oh, my fucking kidding. It took the end of the fucking universe to get me out to, to even care more than peripherally about an election. This is why I moved to one of the bluest states in the Union so I could safely ignore politics and get on with a more important business like methodically slaughtering every one of Gavin's folder of munchkin-ass player characters. That's right, Gavin. You hear me? That 39th level magic user you have? Guess what? The Demogorgons! The idea is that Donald can win if the fat lazy, apathetic, nougat-filled center of America pries their asses off the couch on election day and wedges their pasty bodies into the voting booth and picks his name with their Cheeto-stained fingers. That's a bit hot. If these low-participation voters who haven't bothered to turn out for an election since Bubba played the sax on Arsenio haven't turned out in all that time, why the fuck do you think they're going to turn out now? Racism? Racism is good for these guys, but really, when it comes to racism or sitting home and watching NASCAR, I guarantee you, NASCAR is going to win. And oh sure, the greasy fingers of the heartland will pull themselves away from the chicken bucket long enough to click share on a Facebook post containing some shit that would make George Wallace back up and say, whoa, 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 now, now, that, that, that may be just a bit over the top. But on election day, it's going to take more than a speech about Obama being the founder of ISIS. And we all really know 
who the founder of ISIS is. Hit me? Busted! And now all the candy is mothers. Cause Crybaby hit on 17 again. Like an idiot. Can't play cards, can't drink. I don't feel good. What the hell good are you? You gotta have your people go out to their trailer, have these dim bulbs put on their underwear, drive them down to the polling place, walk them through how to vote, and then drive them back to their trailer with a stop at the liquor store, and then go on and get the next one. The Clinton campaign has people in the battleground states who've been looking for voters, talking to them, arranging to get them to the, from the church to the polls. And they've been doing this since the primary started, because this is how you win an election. Well, that and raising a shit ton of money, which Clinton is also beating Trump handily. And while the orange well-picked scab finally managed to raise some money in July, almost $80 million in small donations... He didn't even need to give a speech at Goldman Sachs for it, apparently. The ground game in the battlegrounds is where the election is won and lost, and Hillary is out there doing the dirty work of winning. Trump is still trying to figure out what a battleground is, besides maybe a nice place to build a new Trump golf course. Honestly, this dude thinks he's going to compete in California or New York? Are you mental, cuz? Without the fundamentals of a campaign, without a well-run data analytics team, without people in the states doing the grunt work, you're going to lose. Period. Trump does not have this. His entire operation is being handled by the GOP, and they're busy kind of handling their congressional campaigns, campaigns which are likely to, ver- to diverge from Trump before much longer as a- they cockroach away from his toxic stench. This is the fundamental truth about Donald Trump. The people who voted for him in the primary are essentially the only people who will vote for him in the general. The angry, disaffected white men who had enough numbers to elevate him among a field of 17 candidates, but in a 101 with a capable candidate, aren't going to be enough. You couple demographics with a shitty campaign infrastructure, a virulently unlikable candidate who is busily insulting every minority you can think of, and all the women who don't hate themselves, and you simply cannot win a general election. I'd like to think this is what Rancid Pubis is telling Donald this weekend at their little come-to-Jesus meeting, but I expect that he'll mostly just grovel, lick his boots, and perhaps pee himself. And Trump, as dumb as he is, can see the writing on the wall. I mean, he's already maneuvering to save face. Oh, the election is rigged, despite the 258 out of 270 electoral votes needed to win are in states controlled by Republicans. So if the system is rigged, the GOP is rigging it against Trump. That's what I was trying to say! Of course, that fits with his narrative as well, doesn't it? The idea is to delegitimize the election, not so that he can assume power, but just to excuse his ego and his followers the loss. Even Trump knows he's going to lose, and there's nothing he can do about it. But he can run a scorched earth campaign all the way, not giving a fuck about the consequences. Sadly, exclamation point, much of the damage of the Scorch Earth campaign is already done because a fair percentage of his followers, and he used followers intentionally now because only the sick, sad mind of a cult member could look upon these lies and vile slurs he's been spewing out and still support him. The follower of Trump rejects reality in favor of fantasy. Like any cultist, they're most dangerous when their fantasy cannot hold. So a best-case scenario for the cult of Trump is sullen resentment. The worst case 
is actually too scary to contemplate. So barring extraordinary events, Donald J. Trump will not be president of the United States. All of the awful things he would do will not happen. Millions of families will not be shattered. There will be no religious test for entry into the United States. A thin-skinned, tiny-fingered narcissist will never get his hands on the nuclear codes. The White House will not be adorned with giant gold letters spelling out his name. None of this will come to pass. But every day between now and November, we need to act as though this will happen. He needs to be fought tooth and nail because this is how we show the world, how we show ourselves, the character of our nation. When the people see that we rejected the angels of our asshole nature, they will judge us by this rather than letting those angels get so loud in the first place. After all, who hasn't let their angels of the asshole natures get a little shouty from time to time? We're looking at you, Germany. We're looking at you. That is it for our show this week. You know, we wanted to bring you a positive, upbeat show for a change. And we're fairly positive we're right. And this dinglewad won't win. That being said, we also thought we would be doing shows about Marco Rubio right about now. So what the fuck do we know? What we think we know is that you giving us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher helps other people find this show where they can be soothingly assured the end of the fucking world is really unlikely. And we think people like that. They also like knowing where to follow the show on Twitter, and that would be at the hell underscore podcast, or on the show name on Facebook, and of course all the shows are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com or SoundCloud at the show name. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer Gavin, and his 27th level chaotic evil anti-paladin. You know, that's not even a player class, Gavin. It's an NPC. Always was. And all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say, look in our eyes. What do you see? See the anger and hear our screams. Trump is everything we see. He's the cult of Trumpinality. Like Mussolini or Putin be. He's the cult of Trumpinality. We'll see you all next week.
Seltzer Kings podcasts.